host, Lisa Cordoff. Welcome to the podcast where you can expect inspiring, raw, energizing, and transformative conversations with people on the path of personal evolution. I'm here to really live my life. And if you are too, these conversations are just for you. I'm really glad you're here. Enjoy. Hey, so you might have missed it, but I was on Facebook Live recently having a really good chat. And in the interests of, you know, look, let's face it, I'm a solo parent of three children during this crazy time in our lives. And I just figure if you've missed what I've said on Facebook Live, let's pop it on the podcast so you can listen to it in your ears while you're walking escaping from your children, having a little bit of you time, whatever it is. Um, I am here doing my best to keep bringing you interesting and inspiring content uh, while also managing, well, I don't know if you can hear all the noise in the background. So um, enjoy this replay of a recent Facebook Live. See you soon. Over the weekend, I I was listening to a podcast and it was all about um well it was about Winston Churchill <laughs> of all things um but how he was a really amazing leader during a crisis not in crisis perhaps not so much um maybe a little bit cuckoo uh but um I also think that quite quite genius in these in these moments and there were there were a few different points that they were talking about and I was like oh my gosh this actually gives me a total new frame to think about how I'm doing this with my children it gives me a few extra things to to work on or maybe articulate with them uh and and also it was kind of like I guess sometimes what I've found I don't want to generalize and say mothers, but I'm a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, because I am a mother. And so as a generalization to me is that, um, uh, we have these parts of ourselves that kind of naturally, and look, I mean, really both genders have them. We naturally kind of come to the party in, in a crisis. I think some people are more, um, prone to, doing that than others but there's something about becoming a mother like where you find that you know you literally are brought to your knees by a tiny human and and you find your way through it kind of builds this resilience in you uh um so i'm i'm gonna get distracted by the comments tonight. Um, but I want everyone to know that these are actually going on the podcast as well. So this is just a chance for me to run the Conversations with Lisa podcast live with you. So to try and connect with you here and um, and it also gets dumped on the podcast. So if you can't continue watching, but if you want me in your ears as you're walking around your courtyard, um, then that's absolutely fine. So dive into these points and they're going to allow you a little moment of reflection hopefully if hopefully it will just add something to your toolbox um to help you navigate with your own particular family and your own particular circumstances um I did actually write down some notes because you know who can actually remember well I can't remember anything these days 
<laughs> oh my god! Uh, and it was it was actually funny before I saw this. Um, I saw a, a post. It just came up in like a news alert or something, which I should really turn off. But it was about all the top things that therapists are seeing in their patients these days surrounding the current situation. And I was like, it was like 19 of them. <laughs> these things. Um, oh, hey, Susie, I'm great. I'm glad you're here live. Uh, okay, so the first thing that he did was that he was really, really good at framing the crisis. So helping people put it in a context that they can understand, and if you if you think about that in terms of a of a um, you know world war, and they were all fighting a common enemy, or you know they were saving the the country, like there was all these big huge slogans um, that were bandied about, and but it allowed people to be like, yeah, that's why we're doing things. And if you think about um, the situation that we're in with coronavirus, and people are like, stay home, save lives, is kind of like the frame to understand this in, I would say. But I was thinking about, for me and my little crew, uh, how I am framing that crisis for them. And I don't know if you've got you've had to do this too, but um, like Stay Home, Save Lives, it was, it's a little bit confronting, I have found, for, for my children. We've, we're all trying to work out how best to talk to kids and obviously, you know, where they're at developmentally and, and in their age is you know, completely, you know, different in, in each family. But what I, the way that I've spoken about it is there's one rule for everyone right now and they understand it. So I framed this in, in a language that they understand and they have to accept because, you know, so, I mean, becoming a, a, a solo parent and all of that sort of stuff last year and I would say, you guys, uh, I love you all. We've all got different needs. We're sometimes going to feel good. We're sometimes not going to feel good. But in this household, there are just there are rules that are for everyone. For example, hanging up your towel after you have a bath or shower. Do you know what I mean? Like that was always a thing. It's like it's one rule for everyone. So this isn't like you don't get to escape this. We're all in this together. We're a team. So they understand the collective of like your friends can't do this. Um, you know, everyone's doing, it's the same rule for everyone. And when we're doing safe things, it means everyone else is safe too. So that's kind of the way that I've framed the crap, like this issue for them. And they seem to understand that. I don't know if you have any, you know, if you've got ways that you've kind of framed this for your family, you know, share them in the comments. Um, but it, it kind of gave me this sense like, okay, I'm ticking that box because I have given that them that frame uh well done me me and Winston for the team uh the other one that he did was I thought was so interesting and and good leadership just does this and even the language they used around it was evoke a sense of destiny like this is your moment this is our time to rise all of your hardships have led to you being here in this moment and being able to to take care of this. It's like, you know, what was the one um, 
he, he used to say, this may be our finest hour. And you, we hear this stuff. I don't know if you follow the same similar people to me online, but there's a lot out there that's about, you know, this could really mean something for humanity, for the planet, for, you know, really re-looking at the way that we've created these systems and structures that uphold our lives but actually don't make us you know, healthy and happy. Uh, but in terms of the kids, they're just feeling ripped off that, I mean, they want to go to school and they want to see their friends and they want to go to bounce and they want to have birthday parties. And, um, and so I realized like, okay, how can I talk to the children about kind of rising to the challenge? Because I feel like, me personally, everything that I've gone through the last few years, I'm like, I got this. Like, in fact, I actually teach people how to navigate change and create change in their lives. And we've just been dumped in this moment where there's undeniable, you know, I mean, like, if you thought you were in control and you've suddenly realized you're not, you were actually never in control. Um, it's a lovely illusion to have, but you're never really in control um, of what's going on around you. Uh, and, and it's really uncertain for, for everyone. And, uh, that can be really hard to navigate because I mean, our brains don't like being in that, in that place. So I was thinking about for me, and you might think about how for you, for your family, when it, when it's feeling like this sucks, um, what I thought about is talking about how our family, like we're really superstars at change, you know, um, that we know how to talk to each other about our feelings. We know what it's like for our life to feel really different. So anything that you can think of um, that's happened in your family, uh, like the loss of a loved one or um, a partnership separation or changing schools or moving or doing something like that. Remember how that happened? And we actually, we were still okay. We still had good times. It was, it wasn't easy, but look at that. Like we've done that before. So we can totally do this. Like this is what our family does. And I just think it's a beautiful thing to, to create that sense of, you know, this is our destiny. Like we get to like do some cool stuff right now. And, um, you know, I talk to my kids, like maybe we even deserved this. Maybe we deserved this. Maybe this was what was coming for us. Just some time out, some lazy days, some chilling, some cuddling, you know, all of that sort of thing. Anyway. Um, Winston also defined victory. And I thought this was a really interesting one and had, I don't think I'd done this for my kids really. And I started to get the sense like it would be a really cool thing. Um, I, that we could do the kids may never complain about going to school again. I know my kids are really deep. My kids quite genuinely love school, uh, building a positive and powerful narrative for the kids, right? We get to tell them the story of this and they'll believe us and they'll remember that too. Um, so defining victory, so giving them a vision of success. Uh, so it was really clear, obviously, Winston, they were trying to win, win the war, um, defeat the enemy. But what are we doing here? What would it mean for us to be 
um, you know, winning at this or doing a good job. Not that I think that that's particularly important for me because, well, I mean, for me, victory, for me personally, is, uh, is it's been very, very easy for me to articulate what victory will be for me, and that is um, the physical and mental well-being of myself and my children being good by the time this is kind of, you know, we're on the other side. I mean, are we ever going to be? But, yeah, anyway, uh, it was, it's like, that's easy for me to say, but for the kids, what is it? What would it mean? What, like, how can I kind of articulate something for them? And I started to think about, um, the things that I, I actually have been saying, but I haven't really pulled them into a, into a thread for them. But I thought if we've done exercise, if we've been kind, if we've done our home learning and cuddled and eaten y- yummy food, like we have had a great day or we have had a great week um, if we've laughed. like, And I actually think what I'm going to do is give the kids that task for, you know, something to do uh, with home learning or whatever. Not that I'm talking about that, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, and because I think that it would be really great for them to get like, hey, we're doing a good job at this. Like this is what this is what doing this well looks like because I think they get that at school. They get that kind of reinforcement. They get that even just through social cues from their friends sometimes or, you know, kicking goals at soccer or, you know, getting to do the splits at dance, whatever it is. They've kind of got these things all the time and I realised, you know, it was all kind of moulding together and, uh, and I thought, okay, let's maybe as a family start articulating what, what victory might look like at this. Um, okay. Something else that he did was refer, like he was really good at painting a bright vision of the future. And I wonder if you do that. Are you caught up in the like, oh, the buck to do all of this, that you're sort of forgetting that uh, it will be over. We talk about, my kids naturally talk about how amazing it's going to be. Oh, I feel a little bit teary saying it, to see their grandparents. Um, they just want a hug <laughs> from them. And um, and so we talk about how amazing the party's going to be when we all get to be together again. And then we talk about also where we're going to go on holidays. You know, holidays has become a thing for us because it's been good for my mental health to kind of get out of the house. Oh, very good. Take a sit there. Ah, hold it together, Lisa. Um, but yeah, where are we going to go on holiday? So this vision of the future, that no, the knowledge, like the knowing inside them that this is going to end, and that you know that there's things that have been happening that mean we're never going to go back to being the same. Because that bike that I said I was going to get for years and years and years, I've got the bike, and so you know, now we go on family bike rides and stuff. I've just got to get the last one off training wheels. Kills my back to do that. But anyway, we'll get there. Um, 
So are you painting a bright vision of the future? What would that mean for you and for your uh, family uh, is a kind of a cool point. Um, what else? Where else have I got stuff? Oh, hang on. <sighs> Where are we? Oh, here, redefine hardship. So this I thought was a really, really, really great point because I was like, yeah, because Winston and I were obviously like this because I say the same thing all the time. But he was talking about um, how, uh, like, we think it's a bad thing for things to feel hard and it's actually not. It's because that's what transforms us, right? It's it's and sometimes I don't know if you're feeling it, but this hard this hard time we're all kind of in is bonding us. I, I've never felt more connected to the collective. I don't know about you. I just feel like we're a community, like a global community, like we kind of haven't been before through this shared hardship, uh, which is quite a beautiful thing. And, I mean, so I personally have redefined hardship. He he used to talk about hardship is the price of the world. Um, oh, I don't know what I've just written there. Um, Oh, something about the price that we need to pay now for the world we're trying to win for our children. So, you know, and we can see how that's that sort of language is being used a little bit by politicians. Like we know this is hard, but this is what we've got to do to save our grandparents. Um, it's hard, but, you know, like what do you want? Um, and uh, so, and yeah, I think, I think, there's quite a few of us who are quite who are good at this too who we're learning more and more for me it was I definitely tried to avoid hard things or I definitely tried to skim over them or not really feel them for the longest time and then I was kind of just thrust at all and I realize now you know I remember my very first school holidays alone uh or, you know without Nick on my own with the children I just had no idea how I was going to do it and work and I just was really, like I'd really never been um, on my own like that uh, with the kids and, and I was also, I wasn't, I wasn't like thriving at that state. It was a, it was a hard time. Um, this was back in 2018. Uh, it was this time. It was, it was Easter holidays 2018 was the first time that I'd ever had to do it. Um, by myself. And I thought it was going to be so hard. Uh, and, and I just decided that I could actually make this work for me. I could actually figure out a way to have this happen so that I was okay as well. And that was the start of me redefining hardship because I thought, and, I, and there was so much beauty in those holidays just because I'd reframed and gone, well, how can I have some awesome holidays as well? So, you know, I booked an Airbnb in Y River and we went and visited people. We were out and about a lot. Um, I did holiday school holiday program for the very first time for two days. It felt like I was 
a revolution in my world because I decided that, you know, I get to choose whether this is just hard and a slog or whether this is a time to have fun and be happy. And we get that chance all the time to, to redefine hardship. So, uh, like my son today was like, you know, that sucked. Oh, he fell off his bike and had a huge stack. He's, he's just teared up his knee. So he wasn't in the best frame of mind. Um, but then it was also about the homeschooling, which he just knocked off just quite quickly. It was really obviously first day, simple task. And, uh, and he's like, and I like, I just, I want to go to school. Like, school would be so much better. And I was like, well, okay. Thinking, this is him just saying, this is hard and awkward, and I kind of don't want to. So I just said, well, what would make home learning fun for you? And he came out with all these suggestions. And I was like, done, easy, write them up, let's do it. Uh, but then, you know, it's hard for them to not see their friends. You know, really, my son is struggling with that big time. He is social. He's never really been super good at playing by himself. Um, and and he loves being around people, and 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 so that's you know that's hard. That's a hardship for him, and that's where that framing the framing the crisis comes in because I'm like, dude, I know I find it hard too, but it's the same rules for everyone. So everyone's finding this hard. And I know that it's not the same when we're on house party or FaceTime or Zoom or talking on the phone to our friends or anything like that. I know it's not the same. I feel that too, but I still get to laugh with my friends I still get to see them and because it's the same rules for everybody, we're just going to have to get through. And so he's like, like he can't fight against that. And he's like, yeah, it's hard and it's the way it is right now and it sucks. And so we don't have to talk them out of it. We can just be like, it sucks. It's the same rules for everybody, but how can, what are we getting from it? You know? Uh, and I feel like that has definitely, that's definitely helped him. And I'm not talking about, I'm, I'm never, ever talking about talking over our children or not acknowledging exactly what they're feeling, because I think that that is such an important part of this whole thing. I mean, we, I, I'm conscious of what I'm feeling almost like, oh, like wake up in the morning, then by mid morning, and then lunchtime, and like it's just changing so much. Um, and and so are they, you know. So I never ever want to not um, be able to really sit with them in their feelings, validate them, you know, because whatever they're feeling, it's okay. But the whole like everything's hard. You know, there's a part of me and a lot of um, people who've done Ready for Change would say, you know, is there is that a story? Like, is it a story that this has to be hard? I used to ask myself, is it a story that school holidays have to be hard? Is it a story that you have to feel this way or that way when this happens? Is, that, is it something I'm just telling myself, something that I've just bought into? And so now I'm also doing the same thing um, with the homeschooling. Obviously, that's my, my own personal journey. You're on your own personal journey with that. Um, but I'm like, is there, is there ways that this can feel easy and light? 
so ways this can feel fun. So I'm just working on that. And that's amazing what ends up coming through when you allow it. Okay, a few more points from Winston. Not many more. Um, oh, I loved this one. Um, he always kept a very strong relationship with the truth. Now, I don't want to, like, I'm not going to say he was the most truthful, like, look, you know, interpretation, right? But what he valued was not holding back on the reality of what was going on. And, uh, and you know, it's a funny thing to talk about with politicians, kind of like, but anyway, um, I, I, f- I feel that with my kids sometimes, do I protect them a little bit from what's really going on? Um, what's here for them? the truth of this situation, what can they handle hearing, what was a bit confronting for them, what is their truth of this, uh, all of that stuff. It was just, I just thought it was a really interesting point. In a crisis, there's not really, like, we got to be honest about what's what's going on. That includes how I'm feeling. So I'll often just check in and just say, you guys, today is one of those days where I feel really tired you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go to bed and have a lie down for an hour. That's what I feel like I need. And I don't protect them from the truth of how this is, um, also impacting me and what I need, because I always feel like if I'm able to articulate what I need, then that gives them permission to articulate what they need. Uh, he had a strong bias towards action even if it was symbolic action. And I want you to think about this. Like, oh, the news exploded today with Jacinda Ardern doing the um, 20% pay cut for politicians in New Zealand. Now, I mean, that's not going to make a huge, massive dent in the budget or anything. Uh, I mean, it will, but it's not, you know, that's that's a symbolic act by a leader to say, I'm in this with you. And I feel like, uh, for me, I was thinking, well, how, how am I doing that with my children? Or am I articulating, um, to, to my kids, like the things that I'm doing, are they seeing what I'm doing? And I feel actually like, um, me buying a bike was, was action was me backing up saying how important it is, uh, you know, even for my youngest who is just resisting, uh, you know, the getting off the training wheels and all that sort of stuff. I know she'll get there all in good time. She's always in her own time. I mean, as they all are. But, uh, and she, um, and so they're like, and because I've been saying to them, you guys, it's so important that even although we might feel like staying cozy inside, that we find ways to have adventures and exercise outside. And we can do that in any way that we want. Like, you know, we can, where, where are we going to explore? And we've been doing things like, um, scootering around and someone taking the lead. So. That they have no idea where they're going, but they like feeling like they're in control of the adventure. And, uh, and then, but then they sort of, they started to, I mean, they're sort of getting a bit bored. They can be a bit like, Meh. and I was saying to them, you guys, this, this is important to me. Like, I want to move my body and I need your help in order to do that. And then like the act of buying a bike, they're like, whoa, she's serious. She's, she's not just, you know, 
chasing after us on a scooter. She's, she's got a helmet. This is serious. Mum's got a bike. It's, they call it the Francie bike because they thought it was very fancy. But then my daughter also said that it looked like I was from France because it's got a little <laughs> basket at the front. And she's like, it looks very, um, looks like a, you're from France. And they're like, it's very fancy. Oh, my gosh, it's a fancy bike. So now we've got this fancy bike. It's a symbol of us outside doing things together as a family. Uh, okay, two more things. The first one, very quick, humour. Like use humour. He was quite, Winston was, you know, would would be quite funny sometimes, would make things funny, light. Oh, my God, the memes, you guys, the memes are life. Find a way to laugh every day. I mean, my kids don't, don't look at the memes, but we find ways to laugh every single day. I have found myself being more silly as a mum than I ever have in my entire life because you know that laughter your children have and it's just reserved for their friends. Like it's just reserved when they are just wildly just, oh, my God, they're just so free and themselves and they're laughing like you know that laugh. And I've kind of made it my own personal mission to try and find moments of that kind of laughter, um, create spaces for it with my children. And if you don't follow me over on Instagram, then you probably missed out on um, all of the things that we're doing at night time. Like I'm finding night time a fascinating time. We're going for nighttime walks with torches, got the fire in the back garden. And I swear to you, I have never had better conversations with my kids and they love it. They just love being out and about. They feel so rebellious. It feels so exciting. And I don't know if it's that we're out of the lights of the house, but they come home and just crash. Like they just come inside and they, they're just gone so quickly. It's amazing. Anyway, uh, Okay, so that's humour. And the last one is um, embody the change. And I thought this was a beautiful one to end on because you think about that whole monkey see, monkey do. And, like, I am not putting any pressure on anybody here at all to be some kind of freaking superhero in the most bizarre time of our lives. Truly, this is weird. But they're watching. And so I started to think about when, you know, if you're going to embody the change or the what you would like to see for your kids or for your for yourself, for your family as you move through this, what actually is that? And I started to write, I wrote down a few words. Um, I'd love them. I would love my children throughout this time to feel creative, active, positive, and connected. And I thought, okay, well, if that's what I want for them, then how do I show up and be that? What are ways that I can be creative, active, positive, and connected? And to tell you the truth, some of it's outside my comfort zone, you guys, the creative part in particular. Um <laughs> But, you know, which is probably just a story, but I'm finding because you're probably, you know, anyone watching me on Instagram is like, I would never have thought of going on a torch 
torch walk with my kids. That's creative, but I, just, I mean, it's just, it was just very random. Um, and, you know, and sometimes we don't necessarily feel positive. It's not about being positive all the time. It's just about like at all because my kids see me cry or like I get frustrated or whatever it is, tired, you know, there's kind of been no relief really. Uh, and, uh, and that's all okay. But if I want them to be feeling good, then I have to be focused on how to raise my own vibration, how to feel good in myself each day. Because why would I expect them to, like, if I'm not embodying whatever it is that I want for them? So I encourage you to sit there, to sit and sort of think about um, what you would love for your people. How would you like your people to feel, your little tribe? And then how can you embody that yourself? Uh, I'd be really interested to know. Uh, you can pop them in the comments, especially if you're watching the replay. Um, uh, and we will be putting this, if you've only just joined, we will be putting this on the podcast so you can go and listen to it there uh, eventually um, when it gets there. All in good time. All in good time, you guys. Uh, but uh, I'd love to know some of the some of the things. Pop them in the in the comments. Um, we just had a dance party in our seventeen year old's room. I swear to you, Karen, like the dancing, the music. And if you guys want, well, I mean, it's not a cool playlist. It's not cool because I'm not cool, like by any stretch of the imagination. But the conversations with Lisa playlist on Spotify. So the podcast conversations with Lisa is there. And the playlist, I just, people were like, oh my gosh, I'm loving these songs because I was popping them on Insta stories. So I just dumped a whole heap of the songs that I'm listening to at home onto that playlist and it's very fun. I got a Papillionaire bike. I, I literally, this is how it happened, was scootering past the bike shop. Um, there's a little local scooter, indoor games, bike shop, near, like in the village near us. And we were scootering past and there was this bike out the front. I was like, are you selling that? And they said, yeah. And I said, I'd, I'd like that. I am not a shop around or a kind of person. I'm terrible with that sort of thing. If I just see something, I'm like, oh, because I, I really don't really enjoy shopping very much at all. Um, so, yeah, done. Done ski. Got myself a bike and I love it. I am loving riding. Oh my God. I probably had my last bike when I was about 19, I reckon. And I used to do big, long bike rides. Did anyone else here do? This is probably showing just how dorky I am. The Duke of Edinburgh thing. <laughs> okay. That's, that's really putting out there my, my dorkiness, but we did a, we did bike rides like up Arthur's seat. If anyone in Victoria knows where that is, it's crazy. Um, oh, thanks Karen. Thank you for putting the link to the playlist. Just go there and enjoy it. We also had dancing fun this morning with my three-year-old son. So much fun. Lots of giggles. He lost his dad last year. I'm so sorry, Sharon. It's been my mission to try and have fun and laugh even if we're sad. Sharon, I'm with your sister. Um, I think that was one of the the first lessons that um, my kids learned about grief. Um, It was like four days after their dad passed away. We were meant to be going to Bali and we went anyway. And I gave them full permission to be sad and have fun at the same time. And I feel like this situation, it's kind of the same. We can feel 
heavy things. We can read heavy things. But at the end of the day, you know, there is joy, there is joy still. We just have to like have our attention sort of focused towards it, but not also deny all the big feelings that we're feeling. And, you know, if you missed the Alison Davies interview further down, um, you should definitely go and listen to that. It's, it's on the podcast. Um, fascinating insight into our brains and what's going on right now. Uh, I've been speaking to some pretty cool people for you guys um, all on the podcast and here on on Facebook Lives as well. It's usually a Wednesday or Thursday night. I mean, anything goes right now, right? Where else are we going to be? So uh, we're done here tonight. I wanted to share with you how Winston Churchill, of all people, leading during a crisis, gave me some really cool little insights or little points of reflection to think about with myself and my kids because at the end of the day, whether we want to or not, they're looking to us. And I know that sometimes I don't feel very strong and those days there's a little bit too much screens for what would be considered normal in non-corona times. But, you know. These aren't normal times, you guys. And so uh, it's all it's all okay if we can just show up in the best capacity. All, it's all we need to do just for, with whatever we have that day. But these little points of reflection, the chance to kind of look inward, like stretch ourselves a little bit, know that we're doing an amazing job. Can you see of all those points? you're probably doing them anyway. Uh, I just liked getting a little bit clearer for myself uh, about um, about some of those points. Um, my podcast is called Conversations with Lisa. So I just basically talk to interesting people or share bits and pieces about myself. And the whole podcast is designed to just help us to sort of take that next step for wherever it is that you're at right now. I'm just very interested in women feeling in their power, even if circumstances around them tell them that they probably, you know, should go and run and hide in a cave. I haven't listened to your chats in a while. I miss your book. Oh, thank you, Kylie, for coming back. Um, I'm glad you're here. And I hope that that was I hope you took something away. I'd love to know if you did take something, anything away from that. And uh, I'll see you guys again very, very soon. Have a great week. Bye. Hey, if you're enjoying the conversation, then it would mean the world to me if you head over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. It really makes a difference. And it's my intention to get as many of us involved in real conversations that really change the game as possible. Thanks so much for your help and I'll see you in the next episode.